Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW. As we um, join you, as we always do on Saturday mornings, to talk about cars and life and automobilia and Nathan's uh, progress in life. We always like to keep tabs on what he is doing in uh, the week in automobiles. It's been a busy week in Cars, as uh, you may or may not know, if you're following along with the New York Auto Show, you know that that was, uh, it's actually going on now, but the media days, the press days, were earlier this week, and we'll talk a little bit about those uh, and what happened there. Nathan, did I hear Did I hear you say something? Oh, yes, we have to go live on <laughs> Uh, it's been that kind of morning, you know, you have a, you, you, my computer just went, went belly up. Uh, so it's been an interesting morning to say the least. And hello to everybody that's joining us on social media as well this morning. Thank you so much for, uh, bearing with my inattentiveness. As I often say on this show, what would I do without Nathan? He would, um, he, he keeps this thing running, man. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, he, you know, he will inherit the, when he gets to heaven, God will treat him nicely because he helped a, a doddering old fool like me uh, get along and make sure that uh, things went uh, as they should or as they could or as they might. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, got a lot of good stuff for you this morning. We're going to talk to Jill Simonillo from Pickup Truck and SUV Talk. There's a lot of... Uh, Stuff going on around pickup trucks, around SUVs, and uh, around Ford in particular. We'll uh, check out with Jill uh, the the news we talked a little bit about last week of Ford losing phenomenal amounts of money in the uh, in their uh, EV part of their business. Now I don't know why anybody should be surprised at that. They're selling these cars probably for less than what it cost them to make. So I think they are going to lose money on these cars. But but uh, they made so much money on the other end of their business uh, that uh, doesn't balance out. We'll talk to Jill uh, more about that coming up a little later in the show. We also have for you our uh, drive time road test. We're going to road test uh, the Kia Nero Hybrid. Uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, last week, but we'll talk much more about it uh, at, uh, a little later in this program. we got a cartoon for you coming up, and uh, we will, of course, uh, ask Nathan the question which uh, America seems to always want to know. Uh, Nathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Doing excellent, and it looks like we're all set up to go with the show today. Good, good. We, we, we had a few technical problems, as uh, as you know, but we seem to, uh, with Nathan's brains and my brawn, we seem to be able to uh, get around them. Although I did find out this morning that a computer doesn't work any better if you bang on it. You I know, thought I'm it like, did. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought so too. But, and I, you know, I even saw a video where a guy banged on a spotlight on a car and a thing came on and... You know, but unfortunately, <laughs> this morning we I couldn't get the um the computer to work. I banged on it, and I don't think that helped. Matter of fact, I think that's going to be more money for the uh folks that uh I break it, you fix it, or whoever I take my computer to to have it uh have it repaired because there's something there's something fishy in my computer. How are you, Nathan? Uh, I'm doing great, just a normal week, uh, getting ready for Easter, been pretty busy. These past yeah, few you, days. Uh, are you a big Easter guy? You, I you am. Uh, celebrate? I am. You like it? Yes, I do. Do your uh, Do your parents supply you with candy for Easter? That's the Easter Bunny's job. All right. The, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> what? Now and then Santa know. Claus brings me gifts on Christmas too, right? And whenever I lose a tooth, there's a tooth fairy that brings me a quarter. That's right, kids. Although I got to tell you, if I see somebody, if I feel somebody running around under my pillow in the middle of the night, 
I don't know if I take it as tooth fairy or somebody came into my house that I didn't ask to. Well, thankfully, the tooth fairy is very discreet, so I don't notice it coming along. Oh, okay, good. I, I, I don't want anything to happen to you. What's your favorite kind of Easter candy, Nathan? Ooh, I'm always a big fan of Peeps, and you know what's really fun to do with Peeps? Uh, uh, you can make Coke them joust or? each other if you put them in a microwave. So you <laughs> stick a little toothpick in the front of each Peep, and you face them each other, and then you put them into the microwave. So as they get microwaved, they start expanding, and then one of the Peeps will pierce the other one with the toothpick, and then cause it to deflate. Wow! You ever done peep jousting? Where, 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 where did you uh, Where did you learn that? Isn't the internet well, a beautiful place? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Nathan. That's the thing I like about talking to you every Saturday morning. You learn something new every day, man. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, well, may you get all the uh, all the peeps that you like. I'm, I'm a jelly bean guy, man. I love Ooh. jelly beans. Uh, jelly beans and the um, and there's something interestingly weird about getting a chocolate cross and breaking it off and eating it. I don't know what that. I think that comes from my Catholic school days. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get that like that chocolate cross. Yeah. That you know Russell Stover or whoever puts out that chocolate cross. Uh, but but really, jelly beans to me, man. I used to, you know, dig in. You know, they put that like fake grass in the basket. And I would dig like all day in the basket for the jelly beans. Oh. It, was, it was physical exercise. Now are you going well with jelly belly or birdie bots? Um, I used to like the Brocks. Uh, you know, those were my favorite. I mean, I like jelly belly, but you know, I'm not a big buttered popcorn jelly bean. Guy. Oh. You know, I like, I like, like the standards, you know, I like mm-hmm. grape. I like cherry. I like the, Ones that you can't quite tell what they are. They're kind of lavender. Yeah. And I've never been able to quite figure out exactly what that flavor is. It just is. tastes like purple. Yeah. It just tastes like a crayon, really. I mean, I mean, tell you, you might as well put a Crayola crayon in your mouth. But also, I, I really like the black ones. Mm. I'll take all the black jelly beans that you can you can send me. I just like the the licorice or little black jelly beans. They're uh they're good for you, I think. Somebody told me that once. That uh, those were the only jelly beans that were really good for you. So that's what we got. I got my little. My daughter brought me back uh, a little bunny from Europe. Oh yeah, a little container it filled, there. Yeah, it was filled with Belgian to- chocolates. Uh, they did not make it to uh, Easter. Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, they didn't make it from her house to my house. Actually. Oh, but they were that good. good. They were very, very, very good. Um. Let's see. What do we got going on here? How about uh, do you want to ask me a question, Nathan? While I uh, while I have you here. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Thank you for uh, chiming in there, man. Um, what am I driving this week? Oh, they dropped a doozy off in my driveway this uh, past week. My friends uh, at Land Rover have dropped off a, uh, a a really spectacular car. Now, I know that Land Rover has the, you know, has the reputation and the problems and all that. You know, you buy one and it's a money pit and everything it costs to get it fixed. But let's put that aside for a second. Let's just talk about an incredibly beautiful vehicle. Uh, the Land Ro- 2023 Land Rover Range Rover Sport um, autobiography edition, which I think is a strange name for a car. Maybe I'm wrong, but the autobiography edition. And uh, so this is your your smaller than biggest Land Rover. It's really it's redesigned. I think I think they did a complete redesign on this thing in 22, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, just really um, classy. If you're going to go off-road in something, you're not going to go for the $400,000 Rolls-Royce or the uh, Bentley Benteaga. Um, This Land Rover is going to get you there in just about as much luxury. This is a plug-in hybrid that I'm driving. Uh, You should have saw some of the looks I got last night at the PCC uh, when I plugged this uh, Jagunda-looking big Land Rover into the electric uh, charger. Uh, there, people were looking and they were checking it out. It's always fun for me to watch, go to like a 
Trader Joe's or a PCC or something like that and look at the reaction uh, to some people who, you know, probably are uh, uh, against gas guzzlers and then look at this thing. It gets, uh, you know, 50 miles to 48 miles to a gallon or something like that. So very, very sharp looking car. Excuse me, my throat's a little dry. A lot of tech in this car um, from uh, the door handles that recede into the side of the car uh, to the uh, huge screen in the middle uh, of the uh, dashboard that seems to float on the dashboard to uh, the driving apparatus, the four-wheel drive and the all-wheel drive and uh, the different uh, things that it does. Now, we've tested Land Rover a number of times over different um, off-road terrains. They are uh, usually stars at uh, some of these events that I go to uh, to test these cars out under rough conditions. And um, I haven't taken this thing up to the uh, the Joe Ricci Memorial test track yet, but uh, we're going to get up there this weekend and take this thing a little bit off-road and see what it can do. But this is one of those off-road vehicles that are very capable of going off-road. You know, a lot of times you buy these luxury SUVs, and yeah, they'll go a little bit off-road, but Land Rover seems to uh, be able to go further, go deeper, go uh, more interestingly into the uh, into the interior of uh, the woods or the forest uh, than most vehicles do. It's uh, the clearances, the air suspension, and everything really. Uh, now, some models, I don't know that it's on this particular one, but some models actually have four-wheel steering. And I'm really interested in seeing how that four-wheel steering affects off-roaders off because it's got to give you a tighter turning circle and an ability to maneuver around off-road in places that you might not normally be able to. Uh, but this is a, a six-cylinder inline six with 400 and uh, get a, get a, get a, get a, get a, get a uh, 400 and something horsepower. It, uh, it really is, uh, again, uh, just a, a beautiful vehicle outside and inside. The uh, Rovers, you know, all of the Range Rovers and the sports and everything all have impeccably beautiful interiors, all well done, all fit together beautifully. Everything is is um, well thought out and stylish in this car. Very beautiful, beautiful ride. And their Pivi Pro entertainment system, infotainment system, uh, really is, um, is, is neat not only for on-road, uh, but for off-road as well, you have cameras that are down front so you can see what's going on under the vehicle, uh, cameras in the back, cameras under the vehicle. I mean, you're really, uh, you know, it's amazing how much of an assistance these cameras can be when you're going off-road. And this one is, uh, you know, the bottom line about this uh, this vehicle is that it looks like it costs what it costs. It just it has that look to it. Uh, as I said, the uh, engine I'm driving uh, in this autobi autobiography edition uh, that uh, stickers for one hundred five thousand six hundred seventy five dollars is the inline six connected up with an electric motor it gives you a combined four hundred and thirty four horsepower. This thing flies zero to sixty in four point three seconds. So it has. Um, it goes, I mean, it flies, uh, and again, you got to be careful about where you're flying with it. Uh, but, uh, it, it goes, I'm really interested to see what kind of torque it will have off-road as well. So that's what I'm driving this week. Uh, the, uh, Land Rover, uh, as I said, uh, the autobiography edition, the Range Rover Sport that I'm driving 2023 in Varicine Blue. Uh, is stickers for 104200 bucks, and it's a fine vehicle. It really is. I can't wait to uh, get deeper into this thing and uh, let you know a little bit more about it. All right, we'll take a quick break here. 
When we come back, we will talk to our good friend Jill Simonillo of uh, a Pickup Truck and SUV Talk. Again, her thoughts on what's going on in the pickup truck world. You're listening to Drive Time Radio. It's a Saturday morning. Glad you're aboard for the ride with Nathan and I right here on 1150 KKNW. Hi, this is New York Vinny of Drive Time Radio. I'd like to encourage you to log on to 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com right now and fill out the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Now, your responses will help this station better tailor itself to your needs. As an added incentive, when you fill out the survey, you have a chance to win a round-trip passage for two on the Victoria Clipper to Victoria, B.C., plus a $100 gift certificate to a famous Dave's restaurant. So log on to 1150kknw.com for your chance to win. Thank you for all of your past listenership and helping us improve the station. Great prizes might be yours, but you must fill out the survey. One lucky person's name will be drawn on April 23rd. So log on to 1150kknw.com now and fill out the survey. Complete contest rules can be found at 1150kknw.com. So log on for all of the details. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny hanging out with you on a Saturday morning. And it's our extreme, extreme fortune to have one of our old friends back for the first time this year. Uh, She has been traveling all over the place, driving cars, driving trucks, and driving people from companies crazy, which is actually (laughs) what the job title is. You drive cars, you drive trucks, and you drive people crazy. Uh, From pickup truck and RV... Um, what, what? Pickup truck plus SUV talk. <laughs> right. Pickup truck plus SUV talk. And a number of other. But you can find her on all the social media stuff that you'd like to find, especially her TikTok. Uh, she's a little nervous right now that uh, the Chinese government is going to pull TikTok <laughs> or we're going to pull it or somebody. Jill Simonillo joins us. Jill, our old friend, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. It's a new year. Spring is coming. You know, the birds are chirping. Uh, the grass is growing. The Cubbies, did they win or lose last night? You know, I, I don't even know. They played Milwaukee, and that I knew they were playing the game, but I was flying in from San Diego. I'm like, where was I yesterday? San Diego. <laughs> and uh, so I just I didn't pay attention after that. I knew they were playing, but it, that was it. Now, are you Cubs or White Sox? Okay, so I'm actually Cardinals. I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Oh, uh, Okay. We can live with that. I mean, because and you're lucky there because you know many years ago, as you probably know, the Browns left, so you don't have to make a choice in in the Cardinals yep. uh, in St. Louis. There's only one team. Boom, you have to like, and that's it, and that's all. Yep. Yeah. Well, so no, it's it funny because I when I moved here, I was like, all right, I guess I'll follow the Cubs because everybody follows the Cubs, but I'm a Cardinals fan. So um, I, I have I have all of the hats. I'll, I'll be honest. I like baseball in general, but if you're asking me to pick a team, it's it's the Cardinals. Okay. Well, if you ever want to stop liking the Cardinals, we can always use you with the Mets. Got it. We love our, we love our <laughs> Mets, and you know, or the Mariners. The Mariners can use some fans too. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, you know, Detroit, the Tigers uh, don't seem to have the problems that I would guess Ford Motor Company has uh, these days. As we saw the headlines uh, earlier this week, uh, massive losses uh, for Ford Motor Company. And when I posted, you know, I, I think they were uh, $3 billion in losses. And when I posted that, there was one thing that hit me. Everybody's headline was $3 million for EV losses for Ford, da 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 But the company made like, $18 billion on the other side of the street with their ICE internal combustion engine business. Uh, Jim Farley has already said they're moving these businesses in separate directions, uh, but one is still going to fund the other. Um, a lot of people were taking it as, uh, you know, probably people not to know that, oh, this electric truck thing isn't working out for Ford. Uh, I'm going the exact opposite way that this is just the beginning of the growth of this part of their business. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing you have to keep in mind is a, a big part of that loss is investment in, you know, electric truck, electric car opportunities moving forward. So, I mean, it's not like they just like blew all of this money. They're investing in their future. And that's why it looks like they have this big loss going on. And, um, you know, they didn't make as much money in electric vehicles as they did in gasoline vehicles. Surprise, because, okay, yeah, they've got two electric vehicles on the market right now. There are two, two big electric vehicles, the Mach-E and the F-150 Lightning. So, I mean, you just can't expect them to automatically, I mean, how long did it take Tesla to turn a profit? I mean, yeah. let's, let's let's be honest. So um, you, you, you have to keep a couple of things in mind. First off, the big part of the loss is investment. But then also, you know, Ford is just getting started in their electric car business. And, you know, they even announced that they're going to be getting ready to produce a another electric truck. So I know you wanted to talk about the T3, Project T3. Right. And um, they've, they've got a whole bunch of money going into a new um, electric vehicle plant. Uh, Blue Oval City, I think, is what they're calling it. And um, and is it down in it's either in Tennessee or Kentucky. I can't remember exactly where it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, again, they're investing a lot of money in this new future. And we don't know anything about the T3 just yet. Um, we you know, when they revealed the lightning was it last year, maybe more than a year and a half ago or so. Um, when they first revealed it, they said at that time there was going to be another truck other than the lightning that would be coming out that would yeah. be all electric. So we've known the second truck, this T3 truck was coming, um, but we don't know, is it, it's going to be built from the ground up. It's going to be, you know, different than the Ford lightning, but is it going to be a full size truck? Is it going to be a midsize truck um, that we don't know? Um, so there's a lot of we don't knows out there about this, but we know it's coming and it's going to be out there. I think they said by 2025. You know, and listen, they've delivered so far on everything they said they were going to. So uh, maybe a little bit later than they thought they were going to. But so far, they said they were going to have two trucks out and uh, two vehicles out in the street. They have two vehicles out on the street. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's uh, flaws in them that they haven't quite worked out yet, especially with the. Um, with the um, with the pickup truck, the Lightning about range that seems to be especially in the cold weather. Uh, yeah. I had a problem with it where I had to get it towed. Ooh. You had a problem with it where you, you had, had to get bigger it. problems than I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got stuck in a rest stop, and you know, so you get stuck in a rest stop. There's no thing. There's uh, you know, no charger or anything. So I figured, well, I'll cheat. I got an extension cord, and I'll just take it into the bathroom and plug it into the bathroom. <laughs> They're away from this because it's on zero, oh, <laughs> and man. no such luck. They have all of the, uh, you know, usually you have a couple of outlets outside at a rest stop. You can plug in nothing. So I had to wait for a tow truck at two o'clock in the morning to drive me to a Taco Bell, oh. and, uh, and and get a uh, get a boost there, get a, a a charge there, so I could make it back. Uh, to Seattle. So that's something that's going to have to get worked out. On the other flip side of that, though, I did drive it um, out to uh, Spokane, and I actually got to charge it at a solar charging station in a state park. Okay. Which took a while, but was very groovy. But, you know, in the <laughs> cold weather, it doesn't, uh, you know, the, the range is extremely reduced. Yeah. Uh, so, so they are going to have to fix that. Uh, obviously, it, is the money they're losing, any of the money Ford losing or any of the money the manufacturers are losing right now, are they losing it on buying charging systems? Are they uh, Because that's going to be the thing for the, for these yeah. trucks, I believe. Is If they're not losing it on buying charging systems, they should because you're right. Um, the charging infrastructure is the biggest problem electric cars have right now. And um, I will say, you know, we don't have a range problem with vehicles like 220 miles of range should be plenty. But what we have is an infrastructure problem. So, for example, I live in Chicago. My parents live in Indianapolis and I make a regular trip from Chicago to Indianapolis every other week or so. And there are times that I have canceled out of electric cars because I know that I will not be able to make it from Chicago to Indianapolis on a single charge. And there is only one charging station between Chicago and Indianapolis, and it's 167 miles away. 
And, um, and, and that I, you know, I probably might not be able to make in some vehicles. So I was driving the Ford F-150 Lightning. Um, I hate to beat up on this vehicle any more than we already have, but um, with the range, but I was driving the F-150 Lightning and um, I was almost like, I was almost to Lafayette. And, and, and when I started out, it, it was the extended range battery. So it should have had like 320 miles of range. Because it was cold, I could only ever get it up to about 190 miles of range. And I think when I started out, it was like 196 miles of range, you know, maybe 200 miles. So when I started out on my trip, they were like, you will be able to make it to your destination without charging. And then about halfway to Lafayette, it was like, you will not be able to make it to your destination without yeah, charging. Okay. And so it rerouted me to the charging station in Lafayette. And, um, and, and I just made it there with like... 20 miles. And I was just like, okay, that cut it a little bit close. Like I, I should have had 320 miles and I barely made it like 160. And, um, so I, you know, if there were charging stations every 20 or 30 miles, if there were charging stations at every rest area, if there were charging stations, you know, in, in, in more frequent increments on major highways, um, nobody would care about range. Because you would know that, okay, in 20 miles, there's there's a charging station and I can stop. But until that happens, like, people feel anxiety. And it's 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 an infrastructure problem, not a range problem. I mean, Joe. Yeah, because the vehicles uh, that we're driving, and, and we're going through a lot now, I just, um, I was in the Genesis a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be in the Kia EV6 in a, in a week or two. We're not just talking trucks. We're just talking to vehicles in general are really spectacular vehicles. I mean, yeah. the, uh, the high tech, uh, the smoothness, the handling. I mean, it's hard to find any fault in any of these vehicles. These are some of the best cars that have ever been built. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, I just recently, I've been, I feel like I've been on the road since uh, uh, the end of February. I haven't really been home very much, but um, I drove the, the Lexus RZ, which is an all electric vehicle. I drove the Genesis GV70, the electrified version of it. Um, I drove the Ionic 6. I drove the new Ionic 6. So, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to drive a lot of new electric vehicles lately, and they are like very, very tech forward and very um, interesting. And, and it's just like something like the Lexus RZ, while I think it's an amazing vehicle and I loved it, I love how it drove. It's it's very, it's tuned very different from the BZ4X that from Toyota, which, you right. know, they're built on the same platform, um, but it's tuned very differently. It's a lot more sporty. And I, I just, I really liked it, but it's got 220 miles of range. I'm like, this is not a car that um, if you were a one car family, like that could not be your only car. Right. If you're a two-car family and one of them happens to be a gasoline vehicle, then I think it works. You know, my husband and I have a GTI. If we were going to add a second vehicle in our house and it was electric, 220 miles would be fine. Use that around the city for errands, you know, whatever you need to do. But then to go to my parents' house down in Indianapolis, like we would have to take our car. And plus, what I think is is coming into play here is we all expected electric cars to... I don't know, be lower in price. I'm looking at electric cars, and, you know, if, if you're not going to pay $50,000 for a car, you're not going to get into this game. Uh, it, it's just that simple. Either MSRP, which is the manufacturer's suggested retail price, or the dealer lopping on whatever they want to lop on yeah. to make the car come up over $50,000. I mean, I've been looking. The only car that I've found that isn't under $50,000 uh, that is under fifty thousand dollars, I should say, is the Chevy Bolt. Yeah. And if you want one with Super Cruise, you're up to fifty thousand dollars. Not just again MSRP, but yeah. to buy it out the door. Yeah, and and I mean the average transaction price of any car these days is huge. I think um, I read that the average transaction price right now for a new car is $49,000. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just all cars out there. So everything is hugely expensive right now. And then, you know, if you, as you go through like the different um, levels of elect electrification, like if you have a gas vehicle, it costs this. If you've got a hybrid vehicle, it's like $5,000 more. If you get a plug-in hybrid vehicle, it's like 
$10,000 more. If you get an electric vehicle, it's like $20,000 more. And so, you know, you're paying a premium for this electrification and then to like not have the infrastructure supported, it's just frustrating. Are the automakers going to have to come back to, um, to appease people in that 30000 to 40000 or or maybe even $25,000 range. Because when you talk about vehicles that are over $50,000 these days with the interest rates, you know, you're looking at a car that's going to cost you over $1,000 a month in payments. Um, that's not going to work for a lot of American families. If they want to put them in new cars somewhere, somehow, they're either going to go have to go back to making cars right. or... Uh, you know, come out with, with an actual Ford Maverick that costs $25,000, not $40,000 by the time you drive it out the showroom floor. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with battery production and, you know, the, the, the minerals you have to mine for the batteries. And so, I mean, right now that stuff is really, really pricey. And I think that as we move forward in the technology, you know, becomes a little bit more, I don't want to say average, but as the, the as we get used to the technology, as we find better resources for the materials, as we start building things and sourcing things in country, I think um, naturally the prices will start to come down. But I mean, it, that's going to be a while. And so the fear is absolutely that we are going to be pricing, you know, lower middle class to lower class people out of the electric car market. And when you have automakers like General Motors that are saying they're going to be all electric by 2025, like or 2035, sorry, not 2025, yeah. a couple of years from now, um, <laughs> but 2035, um, you know, OK, so how do people buy new cars? And you know, okay, so they have to buy a used car, but with battery degradation, that becomes a whole nother issue because, you know, five years, a five-year-old um, electric car, you know, doesn't get as much charge as a brand new electric car. Sorry, my Siri keeps going off. Uh, <laughs> it keeps I've talking. been having the same problem with mine too for the yeah. last two days. It's just, I say something and it says something. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to have problems with people buying used vehicles even um, because you're not going to get the amount of charge that you would get with a new vehicle. And so, you know, there's definitely a real fear and a real problem that potentially, you know, a huge segment of the population is going to get left behind. And if everybody moves to electric, how are they going to even be able to afford a car anymore? Yeah. Our good friend Jill Simonillo is with us from, uh, from uh, pickup truck and SUV talk. And, uh, but she also rides, rides, drives a lot of different cars, not just pickups and SUVs. Yes. And I see you've been on a bunch of stuff lately. Is there anything uh, that you can talk about yet that has kind of really blown you away in the last month or two? Um, well, I can't give driving impressions yet, but I will say from a look standpoint, I've really been blown away by the new CX-90 from Mazda. Um, you know, this is the vehicle that is going to be replacing the uh, CX-9. So it's a three-row SUV. And uh, the fit and finish in the design on this SUV is, I mean, it is far better, I think, than some of the German automakers that I've seen and some of the high-end luxury um, vehicles out there. I posted a picture just of me starting up the car on TikTok and I had more than one person compare it to Bentley, just just the interior. Yeah, they are. Uh, matter of fact, I just posted a funny story on my uh, Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? Uh, uh, social media thing. I had a, and, and this wasn't even a CX ninety; it was a CX nine. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in it, sitting in it, and all of a sudden the door opens up, and there's a guy standing there, and I'm like ready to, you know, get the flashlight and right. hit him. And he says, "Oh, oh, no, 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 no!" He backs up. And he says, I mistook this for my Lexus. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I sent that to Mazda. And I said, there's your advertising campaign right, right there. It's um, they're so impressive. I mean, I, they're taking what I call the Audi jump. Mm. You, you know, remember when Audi, when, you know, you had a Fox and the 100. You, they were like, they were caused, it made Volkswagens look expensive. Right. And then all of a sudden, one day, they got a hold of Peter Schreier, who was the great designer <laughs> and you know, started like putting a little oomph into them. And by the time he left to go to Kia, Audi turned, literally turned overnight into a luxury car. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. They are becoming incredibly 
luxurious and I, I call them near luxury right now. You know, I, I say they compete more with like the infinities and Acuras of the world, but they are better put together in many respects than the German luxury automakers, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they do. The other cool thing that I like that Mazda does is they have even going to a more luxurious car, uh, they've still held on to the Miata. Yes. In their cars. Yes. Every car that they have has a piece of the Miata in it. You, you, yeah. you get in that car and you drive it, and sometimes it's hard to explain exactly what it is, but there's a feeling that the car the car respects the driver is what I like to call it. The car really yeah. does. Uh, it doesn't take you away from what it's supposed to be. Right. No, 100%. And um no, and I, 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 I am definitely a little bit of a Mazda fangirl because I think they do a great job with all of their vehicles. And so um, that review will come out on Monday. The embargo lifts on Monday. So um, you can ask me all the questions you want <laughs> after April 3rd. <laughs> well, we, we will, well, I'm sure you'll be back, so we will do that. Uh, where, are we, um, where are we heading with, uh, with pickup trucks right now? I see that... Uh, all of a sudden, we're seeing incentives on Chevys, incentives on uh, on uh, Rams. Uh, uh, six months ago, you couldn't get an incentive on your truck to save your life. Now, all of a sudden, are they uh, are they experiencing slow sales? Are the products not what people want anymore? The small trucks seem to be selling like crazy. The big trucks, they can't seem to give them away right now. No, I mean, I don't. I think we probably. And, and again, not an analyst here, but what I anticipate is happening is, you know, we had such um, a deficit uh, for during the pandemic, you know, two or three years where trucks couldn't be built. Trucks, um, you know, we didn't have the microchips or trucks were built, but they weren't finished and they were sitting on lots. And I think we're starting to see supplies come in for the microchips and the finishing supply chain um, pieces that that you know, are finishing off of these trucks. And, and so now we're starting to see a lot more of the trucks available. And um, so I, I mean, I don't, I, and, and they're getting incentivized so that they can move them and then, you know, keep pushing out the new product. Um, I, I think they probably uh, just had a surplus from, you know, the, the supply chain issues that they were experiencing. I know General Motors is actually cutting back production of their, Silverados and um, Sierras because they're trying to like kind of even out the product. I feel like right. the last time I looked, I feel like they had something like 60 to 90 day supply of trucks. They had a huge supply of trucks. And so they're trying to get it back. And I feel like 30 days is more normal. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I just think we're in a weird place right now. And I, I think the demand is still there. I think people still want trucks. I think trucks are still selling really, really well. I just think there's this weird rebalancing that's going on post-pandemic. How long do you think it'll be before we see not just the truck market, but the car market as well, the complete automotive market, return to some semblance of what we saw before the pandemic? Is it there yet? It doesn't seem like it's even close to returning to that. No, I don't I don't think it's there yet. I I do think we're getting close, but I think it'll probably be another year before things are normal, like 100% normal. Yeah. Yeah, so you so I guess if 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 you really want a new truck, it might be uh it might be uh hold on to the old one for a little while longer until you see what happens. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, the other thing that's going on that I find fascinating in the truck market right now is I feel like truck makers have not found um, their cap. Like trucks keep getting more and more expensive and keep people keep buying them. You know, yeah. GMC recently, they had um, like an investor call or, a, you know, an, a, an analyst call where they were talking about how, you know, they keep adding like the Denali, the Denali Ultimate, the AT4, the AT4X, like these top, top, top tier trims and and people keep buying them. And so, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting trend to watch moving forward as well, because, you know, prices, you know, I mean, $49,000 again, average price of a new car, but the average price of a truck, I feel like is ten dollars or $15,000 even more than that. So it's just oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, you can't walk, you can't look at a, a sticker on a truck that doesn't say $80,000 on it anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're getting more than just a, a work truck, a stripper, but it's uh, 
And I, Lord, I don't know where people are getting the money to make the payments, but God bless them so far. Uh, so good. Although there's a lot of word about repossessions and banks and this and that that's coming up that we won't even uh, get into here. Uh, all right, before we let you go, uh, we got to, uh, we got to, I, I just, I don't know, I got to throw out at least one crazy question okay. for you. Um, how many times have you seen Springsteen on this tour? Have you seen him yet? I have not seen Springsteen. Are you going to go see him? Yeah, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Springsteen in concert. Go, because this is going to be the last time. <laughs> well, you know what? They always say that. It's the last time ever. And they come back. They keep He's coming 74. back. He's <laughs> 74. Which I guess isn't old these days, right? No, it is not old these days. Yeah, I keep telling myself that. I'm not there yet, but I keep telling myself that. Oh, Lord. All right, well, Jill, it's good to catch up with you. Good to see you. I know we haven't talked in a long time, and I was kind of missing you. I wanted to get you back on the show, and hopefully we'll do this a few more times in the upcoming months. It's uh, a lot of fun. Once again, you got, you got your podcast, which is when? Um, I actually have two podcasts. So uh, the Pickup Truck Plus SUV podcast, um, we usually go live on YouTube on Monday nights. Um, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus uh, through this month because I've been traveling so much, but we should be back on on Monday nights um, starting the April 3rd. And then I do another podcast. It's the Car Stuff Podcast with Tom Appel and the Consumer Guide Automotive. And um, that is also on Mondays. Um, and we do it um, live every Monday at uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on uh, Talk Zone Radio. And then it goes to podcast after that. Now, now, is he going to be a good, I'm going to have him on sometime. Is he a good guest? He seems like a nice guy, but I don't know. I'm well, a little worried. I don't know. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> yes. All right, Jill. Well, listen, thanks again for coming on. Have a good uh, Easter coming up next week, and uh, we will talk to you very, very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for uh, for jumping on with us for a few minutes. That's Jill Simonillo. Uh Check out her podcast. Check out her uh, writing and that stuff. She knows more about trucks than most people I've ever run into do, and that's a that's not an easy thing. Let's get back to it quickly with our cartoon this morning. It's a short one, but a sweet one. Uh, our Saturday morning cartoon brought to you in the hopes that uh, you'll put a little music in your life while you're driving a car. Here is the late great Woody Guthrie with his car song here on Drive Time Radio. <laughs> There you go, Woody Guthrie, uh, bringing us, uh, if you don't know who Woody Guthrie is, Google it, kids. Uh, maybe the greatest folk songwriter ever to hit the um, ever to hit the music scene uh, back when there was no music scene, but a guy who uh, uh, troubadoured around America and really caught the essence of uh, what this country is all about. He wrote, this land is your land, this land is my land, and many other great songs that I am positive uh, that you would know, and that is the car song from... Woody Guthrie. All right, let's talk a little bit about the New York Auto Show that happened. It, actually, it's happening right now. They had their press days um, earlier this week. And I uh, unfortunately did not get to go back to New York this year for the press days. We'll uh, do that again next year. But uh, this is uh, probably some of the best stuff that has been out there in a while, although they only had one press day. Well, they had two, but there was a lot of action on Thursday. Wednesday was the day that you wanted to be there, uh, checking out some of the great stuff that was there. And I think uh, Chrysler or, or Stellantis may have uh, stolen the show uh, back there with uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of Jeep vehicles as uh, and Ram vehicles as they brought out uh, some neat hardware, including their new Ram uh, truck that is electric truck that is uh, scheduled to take uh, the world by storm. But, you know, coming back from, you know, the pandemic and everything, it's been, you know, it's been slow for these auto shows to get uh, started, but lots of great events, technologies, new products. Uh, the biggest thing were the electric vehicles, trucks, SUVs, and EV charging uh, were the big stories as the auto industry uh, keeps going toward zero emission vehicles. But, you know, in the old days, you thought of zero emission vehicles as like things like, you know, cheap little cars like the old GM EV1. Not like that. I mean, they're really 
um, very luxurious, uh, very environmentally conscious vehicles. Uh, you don't see a lot about autonomous driving right now. Uh, as, I, as we've told you on this show before, and we'll continue to tell you, the automakers don't have enough money, I think, to do autonomous driving and electrify their fleets at the same time. And electric vehicles certainly have taken uh, the country by storm. I think they're more popular than auto companies thought they were going to be uh, because of Tesla. You know, car companies thought that Tesla was going to go uh, belly up in a couple of years, and they found out that people really want these electric cars. Uh, no matter what your uncle who lives out in Wenatchee says, uh, the electric cars are uh, are something that is uh, is coming and coming quickly. Now, one of the uh, – I mean, you think back 2018 is where Jaguar showed off uh, you know, one of their first electric cars. And here we are in, in 2023, and everybody's got one on the show floor. Uh, some great, uh, as I said, great debuts too. Ram uh, with their um, 1500 uh, concept, the 1500 Rev, that made its uh, debut in production form in New York on Wednesday. Uh, it has bidirectional charging. It has a huge battery that they're talking about 500 miles of range with this thing. And it's uh, the battery pack is more than twice the size of the biggest Tesla battery. So that's saying something. That is a huge, huge battery. Uh, but And again, not a small truck, but a full-size Ram pickup. Also, big deal uh, back there was the EV9 concept from Kia. Uh, did a nice job uh, of, of rolling out this spectacular-looking vehicle. Um, a little shorter than people may have thought, but it's a, a large crossover, probably comparable to the Toyota Highlander. And I think that... Um, I see the Telluride you know, in that. This is... A, I'm sorry, Nathan? Oh, the Telluride. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks, it looks like the Telluride. Very sharp-looking vehicle. Uh, but again, electric. And maybe one of the big things at the auto show that we have uh, that we saw was uh, the fact that um, software subscriptions seem to be gaining momentum. So that means that you will be uh, when you want heated seats, when you want uh, certain features in your car, they're going to be able to turn them on and off in your car by subscription. A lot of people don't like it. Uh, but I think it's the wave of the future because the car manufacturers have figured out a way to squeeze more money out of you. You want to keep your heated seats? You pay $9.95 a month. You don't want heated seats? Don't pay you $9.95 a month. Or maybe you don't pay it in the summer, turn it back on in the winter. Believe me, they are going to figure out how to get you. Hyundai also a big winner at the auto show as they rolled out their uh, Kona Electric. A lot of people love this car. Thirty-three thousand five hundred bucks, and a lot of people are are loving this car. Um, two gasoline engines, but uh, also um, an EV is uh, going to come out and on the way uh, for that one. The Ionic Six sedan also out there. Uh, the Chevy Equinox was rolled out onto the floor, and again, as I said before, the big uh, Dodge Ram and. Maybe the car I like the most, and I'm a big fan of Genesis. And they rolled out the uh, GV80 Coupe, which is kind of like a coupe, uh, SUV coupe in the sense of the Porsche and uh, the Mercedes-Benz and the BMWs are, except Genesis just does so wonderful with these cars. They're unbelievable uh, uh, that uh, that. They roll out uh, these cars, Genesis, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these brands uh, that are considered long-time luxury brands. Uh, if you're shopping a luxury car and you're not shopping uh, Genesis, you're cheating yourself. And uh, finally, at the auto show, a lot of talk about uh, the um, education of people in charging and in uh, the fact that they are, you know, uh, 
uh, learning how to use charges, learning the difference, and so on and so forth. A lot of that at the auto show, too, because the public has to go through uh, a kind of a re-education of, uh, of, of how to fill up and how to do these cars. So that's, uh, that's pretty much what happened at the New York International Auto Show. You can follow them online at uh, nyias.com. Uh, There's a, a number of sections and live broadcasts uh, that they do from there. Okay, time now for your um, drive time road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, this week we take a look at the Kia Nero Hybrid. Uh, this is the, uh, the the brand new 2023 model. Uh, great performer. I mean, if you uh, know the Nero, and I know the Nero because my uh, one of my neighbors has one, and uh, they love it. And uh, I drove the uh, the hybrid, which have uh, has 104 horsepower, 1.64 liter, and a 43 horsepower electric motor. So it gives you 139 horsepower, and it moves this car along beautifully. Um, if there's a plug-in hybrid, it also gets about 180 horsepower as a more powerful motor. But the, uh, the the hybrid on this thing is great. Gets you about 50. Two miles per gallon. Uh, that really, uh, again, it's not meant to be a race car, but it'll get you to 60 miles an hour in 7.3 seconds. That's enough to get you on uh, onto the uh, freeway. Great brakes in this thing as well. It uses regenerative braking principles uh, that um, you know it handles a little. Uh, a little tougher than most Kias, uh, but it was fitted with the 18-inch Continental Pro Contact RX all-season tires, which made, I think, a big difference in this car, and uh, stops from 70 miles per hour in under 170 feet, which is, you know, a, a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent uh, stopping distance. It's not an exciting car to drive. This is a transportation car. You know, it's going to get you from one place to the other. Inside, great interior, uh, a, a, a T-handle shifter in this thing, and um, a 10.3-inch instrument cluster screen. Very comfortable. The one thing that really impressed me about this car is how easy it was to get in and out of. That was something that really, uh, you know, these days with sloping roof lines and so on and so forth, and sometimes you got to do a little bit of a, a wiggle to get in and out of these cars. But this Nero, I, I have to uh, tell you honestly, was maybe one of the easiest cars uh, to get in and out of if you are a big person or maybe you have arthritis or back problems or something like that. The heated seats are great. But the fact that you don't have to scrunch down to get into this car and out of this car, to me, was uh, an extremely, extremely good selling point on this car. Uh, this car, as I said before, gets 49 miles per gallon, combined 53, stick a price on the car, 36435 bucks, fully loaded. It's the Kia Nero, well-designed, nice interior, easy to get in and out of, and a hybrid that gets you great gas mileage. What more could you want in a hybrid car? Check out the Kia Nero. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. We always appreciate it, and we will catch up with you next week if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise. Thanks to Nathan for making everything run on time, and of course to all the people that support this show. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week.